Welcome to the show. Episode one of Brothers from Another Mother. Amen. Yes, sir. So, guys, uh, I'm here with Renee Atkinson, um, and we decided to start this show because we figured out that um, we had a voice, and uh, maybe, you know, the listeners could start to um, get some some nuggets, they can start to get some information based on our past experiences. I think that's the best way to learn, right? Is to learn from other people's experiences. And um, I can speak for myself. I think I'm at a very good place in my life where I'm brave enough to place myself in a vulnerable spot and open up and share um, some of my past experiences and uh, so, so with that being said, what's your name? So my name is, <laughs> for those who don't know me, <laughs> uh, my name is Alejandro Maldonado, and I'm here with with uh, Renee Atkinson. Rock, rock, rock. All right, all right. So um, let's get going. Let's get going here. Um, like I was saying, uh, I'm I'm very first and foremost uh, blessed that. Um, as I was praying this morning, as a matter of fact, that was one of the things that I was talking to God about is I was thanking him for, for giving me the courage. Uh, I think a lot of people want to do this, but are very afraid to do it because of what people are going to say. Right. But, uh, uh, I'm over that fear and, uh, I hope that the things that we share here today and moving forward, um, can have an impact and, and the listeners. And yeah, I, I believe it is it is going to have an impact on the listeners because, you know, we're going to be really transparent. We're going to be vulnerable. We're going to be talking about, um, you know, not really focusing on the successes, but focusing on focusing on 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 the journey, uh, focusing on the on the mistakes along the way, because that's where everybody's going to learn from. And um, and like you just said, you know, where we need to learn from is man, if we can all learn from other people's mistakes not only our own, then how much further can we get in a shorter amount of time? So I think it's going to be a, a great, um, a great podcast for, for everyone to be in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I think the best way to get this going is for us to, uh, introduce ourselves by a little bio. Yep. So why don't you do us the honors and tell us again, you know, who you are, uh, a little bit of your past and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so um, so uh, like, like we stated, uh, my name's Renee Atkinson uh, from from South Texas, from the Valley. Um, <laughs> Uro 956. Uro 956, for all you 956 guys out there. Todo <laughs> Bayucos. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I'm from a small town uh, down, down in South Texas called Los Fresnos. Um, nobody knows it, so I always I always say that I'm from Brownsville because it's a little bit bigger, um, but but yeah, uh, grew up down there and uh, I'm an I'm an only child, um, so I grew up uh, playing by myself uh, most of the time. Uh, had a lot of a lot of cousins, uh, fortunately, and so uh, spent some time with them. But if I was it was out if I was at home, um, I was usually outside, you know, with a BB gun or tending to the horses. Uh, uh, you know, brushing them or cleaning, cleaning their uh, their hooves or or out chasing rabbits in the in the high grass or you know just 
enjoying uh, enjoying the the outdoors, uh, which is interesting because it's become a big part of my life. Um, and so my dad, um, he was he was a hard worker. Um, he he spent he spent a lot of time uh, at the fire department, or um, or he worked delivering clothes. So he used to uh, pick up clothes, take it to the dry cleaners, or take clothes from the dry cleaners to people's houses and drop them off. And then he was a, a bouncer. You know, he wasn't a big guy, but uh, I never saw my dad fight. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, he he used to work doing that. Um, and uh, so a lot of the time was, was just me and my mom, me and my mom together at the house. Uh, my mom taught me how to do most of the things um, that, that uh, you know, that I can remember learning as a child was learned by my mom. My dad, my dad taught me certain things, but, you know, in those days, um, and not that it's a bad thing, uh, because I, I, I actually encourage a lot of that. I wish it, was, it would come back. Um, where... You know, people did have their, their um, how do I say it, uh, their role in the marriage, you know. And my mom taught me how to be, how to be warm, how to be uh, warm-hearted, how to be uh, respectful, how to be all those things. And my dad taught me how to be a man and how to be, uh, how to treat a, treat a lady. Um, uh, unfortunately, he, uh, he taught me how to do it, but it wasn't always by example, you know. Um, but, but those examples have also taught me how not to be. So, so there's, there's, uh, there's two things that, that you learn, you know, uh, as a child either. Um, and that's something that's resonated with me now that my children are learning. And uh, they're either going to want to be like your mom and dad or you're not going to want to be like your mom and dad. So um, what role do I want to have with my children, you know, how do I want them to be, do I want them to be the ones that want to have the relationship that I have with my wife, or do they want to have the complete opposite of the relationship I have with my wife, so, um, learned, you know, how to be a man, how to be out, outdoors, how to, how to, how to be out on horses, and how to hunt, and how to fish, and, and all those things, and so, um, those are a big part of my life nowadays, and, um, you know, went to went to Los Fresnos High School. Um, graduated from there. Uh, I was big into football and big into uh, mariachi, um, and uh, and from there decided that um, I was I was a musician. I was uh, performing uh, Tejano music um, and. And it was it was going really well for us actually. Uh, the band is still around. Uh, it, it took a name from being Los Potrillos to then being Grupo Conteño, which was a, a combination of conjunto and Norteño music in in combination became uh, Conteño. So um, so uh, one day my dad had, had 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 this opportunity to also be in music and. Um, I guess through his experiences, he said, hey, man, um, you know, are you going to want to have a family someday? I said, yeah. He said, well, it's going to be difficult if you really want to scale your business and you want to make it big um, for you to do both. It, it's a really tough life. So, uh, so I don't know how, 
having that conversation ended up with, well, you know what? I'm going to the freaking Marine Corps. So, uh, so I took off to the, took off to the Marine Corps right after that. And, um, and that was a hell of a journey, man. I mean, I, I went into the Marine Corps in, in 2000. Um, and, and, uh, my, my direction was actually to, to follow a cousin of mine's footsteps that had gone into the Marine Corps. Uh, actually he had gone into the Marine Corps, but my goal was the border patrol because we were in Brownsville where the rest of my family is, um, the border is, man, it's maybe a half a mile down the road. So, um, so I used to see them running through the, the alley all the time. And uh, that's what piqued my interest to, to become a border patrol agent. But um, I had uh, I had failed my first test. I had missed it by a couple of points, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go to the Marine Corps. I'll get some extra points uh, when I get out, and then I'll and then I'll go into the border patrol. But nobody could tell that that 2001, you know, 9/11 was gonna happen, and uh, and I was. I was in the chow hall, uh, the cafeteria, when when that happened. I remember um, it's so strange how so many people can remember that day, that time, where they were at. I do. Yeah. I I don't want to cut you off, but I just want to. Yeah. Hopefully this this doesn't make you feel old. No no no. <laughs> Man, oh my god, you're about to tell me you were in middle school. No, I was actually in fifth grade. Holy, you weren't even in middle school yet. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah, I was in fifth grade, and oddly enough, uh, my my last name is Maldonado, and my teacher's last name was Miss Maldonado. Mm -hmm. I remember when that happened, um, and Leslie and I talk about it all the time. She was in fourth grade, and um, yeah, man, like. All hell broke loose in the school, and uh, every, I don't know how they figured this out, but somewhere in the school, apparently, they had a TV. They, they, this was back when we had the, the big TVs. The rolling carts. Yeah. I mean, it was like war inside school. All these TVs were rolling through school, yeah. and they were placing a TV in every classroom yeah. and turning on the news wow. to let us know what had just happened, 9-11. I remember that day just like it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, my, my, my picture in my head is, is vivid as well. Um, I, I, was, I was in the chow hall in the cafeteria and uh, I was standing there waiting for them to finish making my omelet and uh, sudden, suddenly, you know, the, the, the cafeteria, the chow hall is really loud. Like, yeah, everybody's talking, you know, you just, sounds like a, like a hum. Mm. And, uh, and suddenly it all went quiet and uh, you know, it, it caused me just to look back and, and see where, what was going on. And so I remember seeing the towers on fire, or, and uh, one of them actually, and then boom, we saw the second one hit. Man, ate, ate my, uh, ate my, my, uh, my, my, my breakfast, and, and uh, we started walking, man, uh, back, to the, back to the barracks. And uh, I remember telling the guy that was with me, I said, um, I don't know where we're going, man, but we're going to go somewhere. And uh, after that, it got really crazy. We started doing workups and started, you know, going all over the place and training. And uh, for all you Marines out there, man, going to CACs after CACs after CACs. And, um, and, then, and then we uh, deployed, deployed to, deployed to Iraq. Um, and uh, I actually got to spend my birthday um, invading Iraq, we, we went in on my birthday on March 21st, um, and 
you know, that's another story. It was freaking amazing uh, how we invaded. I mean, we had so many artillery batteries. It was something else. But we'll get into that the next time. But, um, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, uh, it was amazing. So, so I did. I did my four years, and, um, and I got out. And, and now I had the, the points I needed, man, to get into the Border Patrol. And so I, uh, I took the test again and uh, passed, went, went to the Border Patrol. There was about a two-year uh, gap there that, um, that I had to wait for the background check. So I, so I, uh, I became a, a detention officer uh, for an immigration detention center. And, uh, and then once they had finished the, the background check, then uh, I got called and gave my, they gave me my wish list. And uh, they said, do you want to go to Nogales? Do you want to go to... Afo, I think, and then uh, do you want to go to uh, Isleta? I had no idea what any of those were, um, and and so I made a quick phone call, and they suggested you know take Isleta. So I ended up in El Paso, Texas, and um, I uh, I did that for ten years, and um, and then unfortunately I was um, on a on bike patrol, and. We uh, we I rubbed tires with the guy in front of me, and we were we were hauling ass. We had to have been doing twenty six miles an hour or something downhill, um, and uh, rubbed tires and lost lost control of the bike, and I ended up dislocating, fracturing, and tearing the ligaments in my left elbow and dislocating my shoulder. So I needed a lot of surgery. Uh, they ended up rerouting my nerves to my hand because I didn't have any sensation in my hand and. Um, ended up getting another surgery on my shoulder to replace the, the torn ligaments that had happened there, and so um, that was that was. I mean, if, if any of you guys have have gone through through losing or you know not being in it to continue the dream that you had of doing, man, it was devastating because any everything all that all my future plans that I had were to be. A board of choice and, and go up the, the the ladder and end up in Washington or something like that. And uh, when this happened, it just changed everything instantaneously. And I remember um, I was I was on the on the on the, on the street and uh, I said, you know what? Let me call my my fiance. And uh, we were supposed to be getting married um, in November. Um, and. And everything changed, and I, I picked up the phone and I said, "Hey, you know, this just happened to me, and um, you know, we're still going to be getting married." Um, and this was about, you know, I don't know, July, something like that, when that happened. And um, and so it, it was, hey, man, it was really difficult to take, um, but I've I've found out now that. Um, there's a plan, man. There's a plan. You don't know it, but there is a plan for every one of us. Um, and as long as you don't stray too far from reality, man, and, and keeping sanity, you'll find it. Um, and sometimes it does take, you know, a little bit of sanity. And um, because you're still building your base, man, you're still building your story. Um, and eventually, that's going to come around to help you out with whatever that plan is. And so, um, so I, 
I, I got medically retired from the Border Patrol, and, uh, and that's, you know, it just, I had no idea what I was going to do. I started, I went to culinary school, uh, learned how to cook, and, 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 and at the same time, I was trying to start a business, and um, I started... Um, you know, down in South Texas, we, we can cook down there, man. We we're all about we're all about fajitas and chicken and sausage, man. So well, that, that's up for debate. <laughs> so so I said, man, you know what? I gotta I gotta um, do something with that. So I started learning how to how to how to cook properly and how to um, barbecue. And so we opened a barbecue food truck, and uh, and so you know it was it was really interesting. And then. Um, decided that that um, we had we had children. We finally got married and had children. It just became too difficult. Um, I I wasn't I wasn't ready for all that. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I I ended up uh, sending the business off to Medford, Oregon. Um, and um, that was that was an interesting time in my life. But um, after that, I I uh, decided you know let me go to barber college as well. So. I had to find myself, man, and it was difficult because I had, I only had one goal, and my goal I had already succeeded. Now it was just about you know uh, putting a little shine to that goal, you know, by by continuing to to move up the chain of command, and um, and so now here I was going to barber college and and uh, and learning how to do that, and then um, little by little uh, I, I I finished that, took off to. Got a call from a company um, that, that told me, "Hey, we need you to come in and start a barber uh, a barber shop inside one of these federal facilities for the immigrants." And so I went out there and, and opened up that that barber shop. Got all that started, man. We were running twelve hundred twelve hundred staff and twelve hundred thirteen hundred um, juvenile children. Through that barbershop, wow! So it was it was really interesting, um, and then I dibble dabbled here and there with uh, opportunities, uh, and uh, got into like the oil and gas business, and then um, just you know, luckily um, I I spoke to the right people that gave me gave me opportunities that saw saw something in me that I still I still didn't see in myself. I couldn't find in myself because. I was still, you know, only thinking about everything I had lost, you know, everything that, that, that the only thing that I knew. And so um, now I had, now I had, you know, this other opportunity and here I was, uh, you know, uh, investing into oil and gas and, uh, and then uh, got another opportunity um, from, from another, another contracting company and uh, I, I established a, a rather large office here with over a hundred staff um, from SOS International um, here here in El Paso and so you know that was that was an amazing thing as well uh, totally different from anything I had done before and um, and reviewing resumes became a thing and and uh, it was it was you know getting to know all these different characters and and uh, how to speak to people became a thing uh, in the Marine Corps. They don't really teach you how to talk to people. Yeah. You, you know, you you've got one tone, man, and it's and it's it's rather aggressive. And so, um, you know, learn to talk to people, and and it was 
it was really, really interesting, man. And so, um, lo and behold, I actually meet you at that point, and um, and that was just a casual conversation, man. In in, in at at our children's school, uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral here in El Paso, and uh, here we are on the basketball court, and uh, and. You were standing beside me, and we were both waiting. So I said, "You know, let me strike up a conversation with you." And uh, you know, it's interesting how you never know who you're gonna meet, man. And you know, your your future might be standing right beside you, and you can miss that opportunity by 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 not just introducing yourself, which is something that used to be a common thing, man. Like you used to just talk to everyone around you. Uh, it was common to be courteous. And, uh, and that's a lost trait, man. Everybody's turning to their phones, the Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, all this social media is the way of communication nowadays. And, you know, we don't, we don't interact with each other anymore. You're in, right. In person. You're right. You're so, right. Uh, so, you know, talking to you that day and, and it wasn't even anything in depth, man. It was like, hey, so what do you do? You know, I mean, what's your name and what do you do? And. And uh, here we were waiting for our kids that were both doing the same academic uh, uh, extracurricular uh, activity in school. And, um, and then uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity, right, with, with fuel. And, uh, and so we ended up getting together again because, because we made contact and said, hey, man, well, maybe there's an opportunity here for you as well. And, and, uh, and then... Uh, Lo and behold, months later, because we didn't talk for a long time. And then, Not after that. Yeah, I mean, it, it must have been. Well, we got together in October, but then from October, which we hadn't seen each other prior to that, but then we saw each other at, that, at, at my event that I invited you to, the That's Halloween. Right. That's right. The Halloween party. Yeah. Where you brought out your, your singing talent. Oh, yeah. Your yeah. <laughs> my mariachi talent. Your mariachi talent. So then after that, uh, it had been, again, a few months, man. It was just like, hey, what's going on? This and that. And, uh, and then we got together again at the kids' school. And you said, hey, man, what about, what about giving, giving us a try and come, becoming part of the team? And uh, here I am now, you know, one of the shareholders to In-N-Out Gas Station. Um, something you guys have created that I'm so fortunate to have the opportunity um, to work with and um, I mean it's just an amazing team it's a it's it's so much knowledge every day man um, you know there's so much passion here it's 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 the beginning of a great thing man and I, I'm really appreciative of you even considering me for someone like this, you know, for something like this, um, when prior to me, there was practically all family that was running the, the entire business besides uh, some of the people at the register, you know. Mm -hmm. But thank you so much for that opportunity, man. Well, we're honored to have you. Yeah, man. So we're that's, and then, I mean, gosh, it, it, was, it, it, it was so interesting at that point. Now it's been four months, but... We've just spent so much time together, you and I, and uh, it just, we realized that he was just, uh, he was just a younger me, and uh, we both have so many of the same uh, upbringing and some of the same goals, and so it's been, it's been a real pleasure, man, it's been amazing, and uh, I look forward to what we're, what we're gonna, what we're gonna have in 10 years, we can look back at this video, 
and and see where we're gonna be then. Like um, I look, I'm looking forward to it. I agree. <coughs> I agree. I concur. So in a in a 15 minute nutshell, you know, there's a little bit about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna be tough to come after you. I mean, you honestly. First and foremost, thank you for your service. Yeah, uh, thank you. I don't think I say that enough, mm. being that you know my brother is also a veteran. Um, but I appreciate not just our veterans, but first responders in general. Um, man, they put their life at risk day in and day out, and um, yeah, I, I I appreciate that. So thank you for your service. Yeah, and uh, you have a rather interesting background. You know, and I remember when I first met you, I said, one, one day, not right now, mm-hmm. but one day, um, he will be part of the team. And, um, and here we are, right? Um, it's, been, it's been an interesting ride. You, need, you can take that? No, no, no. Gotta tell the wife that I'll give her a call later. <laughs> and, and we're not gonna edit anything from here. No, right? no, no. So if, if there's ever, if the wife's calling, you gotta answer, hey man, you gotta answer. I so. appreciate that, thanks. It's no big deal. Um, but uh, I'll say a little bit about myself and then, and then I have a few things that I want to touch on that I think are going to bring some, some value so yeah. we can get into a, a, a really nice conversation but so again you know my name is Alejandro Maldonado um, born and raised here in El Paso, Texas by a single mother um, I'm brother of three um, I'm the rebel usually the Usually the middle kid it tends to be tends to be the rebel. Well, the second child. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so, so that's me. Um, I, I, um, I don't want, I don't I don't know how far back I want to go, but I think I think middle school is is good for me. Um, Elementary wasn't rough, but when I started in middle school, that's when I started. I think everybody, when you hit like 13 or 14, you start to develop uh, your personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I figured out that I was different. Um, I, was, I was definitely not one that uh, took orders really well. It would really aggravate me when somebody told me what to do. So I started getting in trouble a lot. Um, there was there was this uh, there was this academy I went to uh, Sanelli Middle School, and there was this academy they called Excel Academy, mm-hmm. and uh, all the bad kids would get sent there when they didn't know how to deal with them anymore. So I was this close I was this close from from getting sent there, and it all happened because of obviously now I know right, but back then the people I used to hang out with, um, they say you become the average of the five people you hang around with, and that's exactly what happened to me. So. Um, you know, I was hanging out with a bunch of rebels. Um, we were doing stuff that we weren't supposed to be doing. And what got me that close to being sent was something so petty, to be quite honest with you. Um, we, were, we were messing around with the Coke machines. Back then, they still had the, the 25-cent Coke machines. Yeah. And we were messing around with them. And finally, you know, we just ended up tossing. I think there was like four of them. Boom, boom, boom. We ended up tossing all of them. And uh, these Coke machines were literally uh, right outside the hallway where the principal was. So, <laughs> didn't take long for somebody to get outside. Everybody came out rushing, and uh, they were able to catch me and another guy. Um, we're the last ones running. So they brought us into the office. They called their parents. And now, when I think about it, this is actually 
the first time I'm talking about it after quite some time. Yeah, we talk a lot. I've never heard this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now I heard from my mom because she was a single mother. Um, she always had uh, long hours at work. And uh, she, I mean, she was doing everything in her power to make ends meet, you know, um, you know, working 16, 17 hour days, taking double shifts. And uh, she was working at the time. It was like five o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know what I was doing in school at that time. I should have been home, you know, but I was there messing around. So they called her and uh, she had to leave work. And, and when she left work, that meant that was $5.75 less in her pocket. Yeah. But that meant a lot because when you're making that much, you know, I mean, every penny counts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know that's all that she could have thought of that moment when she had to leave work. She's like, I'm about to miss out on $20 worth of work to go attend to my child that doesn't know how to pay. And that kind of laid out the rest of my path in school. Um, that happened when I was, I don't know, sixth grade. Seventh grade didn't get any better. Eighth grade, I kind of started to kind of line up just because of sports. I really wanted to play sports. I was an athlete all my life. Um, so I, I kind of just did enough to get by. And then, you know, freshman year comes around. Now you're in high school. And uh, man, I was ditching a lot. I wouldn't go to school. I wouldn't go to school. Um, I went to court a few times with my mom again, you know. Um, and they sent you to court. So yeah, man, uh, they sent us. They sent us to court, and there we were, you know. Well, well, how, why did they send you to court? Because like, of attendance. How does that work? Attendances. You you went to court because of attendance. Yeah. Holy yeah. Um, you know, because the way the way the school system works, at the end of the day, it's a business, right? Yeah. So, schools only get funded through the the attendance of kids. So uh, the way they would make sure that you were attending school was by, um, if you didn't show up and you you missed enough, then eventually they would send you to court. So, but it, it took a lot. It wasn't like everybody was just going to court. That just tells you that's how much time I was missing wow. out. Um, to the point where fast forward my junior year, um, I was I was a junior in high school with barely enough credits to qualify me as a freshman wow. after after three years of school. So then comes around um, a very good man that I will forever be grateful. And uh, shout out to Mr. Cobos. Um, I remember he brought my mom in to school and um, my mom was ready to give up on me. She said, um, I obviously don't know what to do with this kid no more. Um, he doesn't listen to me. Uh, he, I just don't know what to do. So, so he said, I'll take care of it. Wow. I'll handle it. And he did, man. He did. Um, he set me up on this program where I would come in every day at five o'clock in the morning and um, I would I was literally 
um, between between sitting and in freshman classes throughout my junior year and sophomore classes as a 17 or 16 year old mm-hmm. um, and coming in at five o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and still trying to be an athlete he figured out a way to set me up to graduate basically in a year and a half um, and I will forever be grateful that he did that for me because he taught me that you, there's still hope. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad things get. There's still hope. Yeah. And he saw something in me, like you just said right now, that I didn't see in myself at the time. Yeah. And now, you know, um, I've actually uh, donated to, to he's, a, he's a little league basketball coach and I've donated to his son's team. He's a, he's a head coach and uh, anything I can do to help him out, man. Wow, talk about full circle. Right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So then um, I graduated high school. I think it was, our, my class was a graduating class of about 300 students. I think I graduated like, I don't know, 290, probably 1.0, 1.8 GPA, you know? Yeah. Um, and then um, my brother was in the banking industry, so I figured, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Uh, I went to go work for, for a bank for about a year and a half. I got fired from there. And then um, I was working at Fred Loya after that in the mail room, going in at three o'clock in the morning. And then, uh, and then, so during this time, um, I was I was still on and off with uh, Leslie, and then finally, you know, uh, in, in the worst in the worst part of my life, um, she decides that she she wants to move in with me, and uh, being the man that I am, and being you know what my mom taught me, I couldn't say no. I loved her dearly, and and I said yes, absolutely. You know, we're going to figure this thing out. Let's move in together. So there we were. I was working at Fred Loya. In the meantime, I was applying to go work for the railroad for Union Pacific. A year, uh, no, a uh, few, I think it was two months in, uh, they ended up calling me for an interview in uh, Eagle Pass, Texas. Oh, wow. Eagle Pass, Texas. Um, and then uh, they ended up, uh, they set a date and then they called me back. They said, you know what? Uh, we actually filled in Eagle Pass, but would you like to come to Laredo, Texas? Okay. I said, absolutely. You okay. ended up in 956 finally. I ended up in 956. Now, I don't know if, if we can really consider those from Laredo part of the valley, but I don't know. There's, 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 there's another conversation. All right. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but I was there for just for a short period of time. Man. Um, so that happens. I mean, I'm telling you, Leslie was, she's, she was extremely happy, you know, because we were at a very rough spot. We were in a very rough spot. And, and she said, man, you know, we did it. We made it. You know, this is, this is a career, you know, this is 30 years and, and we're done, you know. So I take off. Uh, I was there for a month and I got fired again. Damn. I got fired again. Um, because I was always running my mouth. Wow. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. And um, I got fired from there. Um, I was driving back, and instead of driving all the way back to El Paso, I went ahead and made a stop in Odessa, 
And uh, I said, hey, oil field. Everybody from El Paso is here. Uh, let, me, let me do this. So I walked into a oil field company and uh, I was 21, 22 at the time. And uh, they saw a young man that could swing a hammer and they couldn't resist. So they hired me on the spot. Um, I was working within days uh, of being fired. I spent some time in the oil and gas industry, and then I heard of, of this thing called class three railroads, they're called shorelines, and, and they label those class threes as second chance railroads. So everybody wow. that gets fired from class ones, where the big guys, you know, like the Union Pacific, uh, BNSF, CSX, all these guys, um, all, the, all the people that get fired, then go work for class three railroads. And uh, so I did that. Uh, I was there for 40 years. Finally, I was able to come back. I was applying in the meantime to BNSF. I was able to come back to, to the railroad, uh, work for BNSF. Uh, and then in, in, what was it? January of 2021, uh, after being with the company four years, uh, I decided to quit. I decided wow. to quit and I said, uh, I'm going all in on my business. Uh, in the meantime, that all this is happening, by the way, uh, we had just started the first convenience store, which was uh, our gas station in San Vistario. So it was, it was chaos, man. You know, it was trying to keep a full-time job and then trying to run the business. So it was literally like I just had two jobs. There was yeah. not much happening. Mm -hmm. so, so finally, 2021, I decided to go all in and uh, I mean, ever since, I just haven't looked back, and uh, I found out that I was meant for more, um, which is the reason we're here today. Not only because I know that we can do big things in business, but I also know that through our stories, which is very vague, what we just shared, I think yeah, we could probably sit here for two, three hours and talk <laughs> about our background. Um, but still. all right, we're still in. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. Um, then I, I realized that, you know, I realized that uh, I had passion for this and uh, 2023 was, was really the year where I took it serious, man. You know, um, I knew, I knew I still had some bad habits that I had to get rid of and, uh, you know, I stopped drinking, uh, I started exercising three to five times a week, um, I started listening to audiobooks, I started, you know, just being very intentional about obtaining new information each and every day. Um, and here we are, right? 2024. And I said, you know what? It's time to go all in. You know, it's time to go all in. I have obtained a lot of information through the past year, along with my, my past. And um, I felt a need. And I felt a need to do this. And I knew um, I had a calling. And, um, and here we are. And then, you know, just like you said, the past couple of months, you know, we've been spending so much time together that uh, we've learned so much about each other. We've shared so many experiences with each other, uh, things that I had never shared with anybody in the past, you know, yeah. and uh, that is exactly the reason why I decided to call this show Brothers from Another Mother, because chosen family is a thing. Yeah. And I think we need to talk a lot more about it because um, we have been raised to believe that the only family that you have is blood family, but that's a lie. That's a flat out lie. Yeah, and someone like myself, man, can can uh, can really appreciate that and uh, and and take a lot from that because 
you know, some as myself being a single single child, um, I, I I never had that opportunity. So um, getting this opportunity to to, to be someone's uh, you know brother from another mother, um, and having that opportunity, man, is is really amazing, man. And there's a lot of people out there that might be in the same boat that I am, you know that didn't have that, but, and feel that they're lonely, or that, you know, times are going to get to this certain point where they're going to be alone, and it doesn't have to be that way, man, that's a, that's a decision that they make, yeah. uh, they can change it, uh, they can create a uh, uh, family like, like, like we are, um, so I think that's a, that's a big thing, so I think uh, it's, it's a good idea that we're doing this, and it's a good idea that we called it this. Absolutely, yeah, man. absolutely. So... The purpose of the show, like you were saying, I mean, eventually we'll start bringing guests, yeah. and uh, we'll talking about we'll be talking about journeys, uh, whether it's you know, family, you know, whether it's uh, business. Uh, we'll just try to have you know a variety of people uh, come in. But today, as you know, and I, and I know you always ask me like, man, when do you have all this time to read? You know, you read, you journal. You exercise, um, you do all these things, like when do you find time to do this? But um, Leslie and I have made it a point to, to put us first for anybody. And to some people, you know, that might be a little extreme, right? Because, you know, we're, we have a family, you know, we have kids and we, we are so, we are so um, worried to make sure that, you know, we raise these kids to be net positive instead of net negative in society. But we quickly realized that because we weren't paying attention to ourselves, we were raising kids that didn't matter how much we tried, we weren't equipped or, or ready to raise these children. And we were raising children that were eventually going to be a net negative to society. So we said, when, when we found this theory of self-love, um, we quickly realized that it works. It works. That's why, you know, so simple, right? When we fly, they always tell you, you know, in case of an emergency and the bags drop, make sure to put yours on first before your children so that you're okay and you can actually attend to your children. And we were just having this conversation yesterday, you know, towards the end of the day. But, um, but yeah, I think that's how, uh, that's how I find that time, right? I find that time by, by understanding that if, if my cup is not full, then, and it's, it's not overfilling, then there's no way I can pour into my children and not just my children, the people around me, um, and you know our employees, the shareholders, um, and just just the whole team in general. My wife and uh, I found that my wife also, and I even find it interesting how now that I see my wife doing what she enjoys doing, which is going to school and uh, studying and those late nights, I see her and I just fall in love with her even more because I see her enjoying it and I see her smiling and. Uh, Things that we didn't see before. I mean, you would think, right? Hey, man, you know, we're out to dinner. Um, we're having a good old time. Like, why is there no connection? Yeah. 
well, it's because we don't do anything for each other. Yeah. We don't do things that we enjoy, right? So, in a nutshell, that, that's how I find the time, and that's, that's why I journal a lot, and I want to talk about some of those things. But um, what are your thoughts, as a matter of fact, on self-love? Wow. Um, so, I think, I think uh, self-love is a very big thing. Um, and I've realized it as I've, as I've put it into practice because of you, actually. Um, you know, fortunately, because of, because of Axe, I was in a, I was in a good place, but, um, I wasn't, I wasn't, it actually, because of Axe, I think I was more about everyone else, um, making sure that my brothers and the, um, you know, their families were fine, their relationships were fine. I was there for them, but I wasn't putting in the time for myself, uh, first and foremost, and for my family, secondly, my wife, secondly, more importantly than just the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. Because, right, whenever, whenever they grow up, man, who do you end up with? Yeah. You, know, you end up with your, with your, with your spouse. Um, and so, um, so now I've, uh, and it's interesting, man, it's really interesting because um, I, 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 I wish that from anything that I've said so far, that um, those listening or watching um, try this one little thing and I'm going to put this out as a challenge because I'd love to hear back from anyone that's going to hear this someday Um, and and I put it out as a challenge I challenge you to practice self-love self-worth you know tell yourself how worthy you are tell yourself how badass you are Um, and once you've done that, it, things are going to change. Um, they might not change for the better at the beginning because it's going to be a drastic change, especially when you're used to being a slob and used to not waking up, not, not, not going for a walk at least, you know? Um, you're used to... I'm, I'm not a gamer, um, and, and if, if, if that's something that affects your, your relationship, you know, and, and you're there spending your time gaming and it's, it's something that's not fruitful for the relationship, um, uh, you know, for me, it was it was getting out, going to the gym, doing those things um, that were very, they were drastic changes. So my wife was like, well, what's going on with you? Like, what, what the hell? Like, what are you, what's going on at the gym? Who's at the gym? You know, what are you looking at at the gym? Or, you know, like, what's going on? Like, are you, are you, are you having an affair? Are you doing something? And, um, and it was just about practicing self-love, you know? And so it, it wasn't easy at the beginning, but and I had to stick, like, stay strong through that because I could have easily said, you know what, fine, I want, I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm going to stay right here. And then I had to fall right back into the habits that I had before. But, um, so going to the gym um, helped me out. Then uh, my wife is, was also going to the gym. Now she does it a lot more. Then... Um, now I could practice on me and my wife, which is where the challenge is. So, before you say the challenge, okay, the the lady of the house just walked in. So, oh yeah, I just want to say what's up to her. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So, because I, I wanna, I don't wanna cut you in the middle. No, no, no. Yeah, go for it. Go do do your thing. Yeah. So, 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 
the lady of the house that's here right now, um, Alicia, is, is Alex's mom. And, uh, you know, she's just such an amazing person. And she's so driven. Um, you know, these, these, till now, till, till today, um, the business that they, that the family has, that we, that we were all part of, was built on her back. Um, and she is just an amazing woman. Uh, so driven. I'm sure one day we'll go ahead and, and interview her as well. But you guys will get to meet her someday. What? 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 ¿Qué? Que lo arruino. Ah, no, un día lo voy a entrevistar. Ok. Y nomás que no quiero que se va a poner a llorar. Ese día que yo corré conmigo, porque no me acuerdo de ese día. No, pero le digo porque le voy a hacer preguntas muy íntimas y a lo mejor la voy a llorar. No, mejor te agarro. Ok, vale. Ok. So let's get into the challenge. Yeah, so the challenge, I challenge you guys to. to Practice the self, self-love, and once you're comfortable, I want you to speak to your wife and ask her as nice as you can. Um, start, once, once you practice the self-love, you'll start, you'll start being more affectionate. You'll start, it'll, it happens, right? Um, because, because we know that that's what we need for our relationship, right? But, um, so I, I told my wife, hey, when I get home, I would love for you to for you to jump on me and give me a big old hug, right? Well, my children till that day never ran up to me. Never ran up to me when I walked into the house. And my wife um, luckily uh, agreed to, to what I was asking her, right? I said, babe, I want you to run up to me and give me a big old hug, right? When I get home. That's what I'd li- I'd like that, you know. So we communicated that way, and, and she was like, "Okay, baby, you know, if, if this is gonna help us, then I'll do that." So when I get home, when I get home, um, she runs up to me and she jumps on me. Well, now um, it's become a thing that my children t- try to beat my wife to come and jump on me. So um, so I challenge you guys to 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 try this. Um, do the self-care and ask your spouse to, to run up to you and give you a hug um, when you get home. And you're going to see that there's going to be a transition, there's a transformation uh, within your family, uh, little by little. We want to be that example for our family. We want to be that example for our children that, that, um, that's loving, you know. Um, and, and because that's the form of love that they're going to expect someday. Mm-hmm. And if we don't set that, that foundation for them, the last thing I want is, is my daughter, you know, my, my boys are boys, right? They're, they're, they're going to be men. But my daughter is my, is my, is my daisy. She's my, she's my, my delicate, you know, rose petal. And, um, and so the last thing I want her to be comfortable with is for some man to get home and, and start bitching at her or start freaking talking to her in a demeaning way or start freaking, 
yelling orders about why this isn't that way or that's not that way, or, or start, you know, putting his hands on her or, or, or pushing her or anything like that, you know? So if we, if we show that to our children as something that's normal, then uh, what are they going to expect? That's going to be normal for them. It so, becomes a standard. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It becomes a standard for whatever they're going to be looking for. So, um, so it, it, it's, it's been amazing, man. I'm telling you, um, guys, please, I challenge you. I know that nothing but good is going to come of it. Um, if you guys are able to get into the, the, the same page on, on that and, uh, and that she's, she's able to play in on it, um, try it for a little while and I, I, I promise you it'll, it'll start changing, man, because I've seen it changing in my family and I love it. Um, my daughter runs up to me. She wants to be the first one and then my boys start running up to me and then uh, once I get them off me, then... You know, I, I prepare and then my wife runs up to me and now she started like jumping on me before she used to just run up to me and give me a hug. Now she jumps up on me and I carry her and my kids are just like, oh my gosh, you know, but I love it, man. I, I love it. I love it. It, yeah. it keeps my tank full. Absolutely. And, and you know, um, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's hard to understand at first, but when I heard the concept and the way it was explained to me is... How, how can you say you love someone if you have never experienced the true, the true meaning of love, which is self-love? You don't even know what love means yeah. until you've learned to love yourself. Because that is the purest form of love, is loving yourself. Yeah. Is, you know, being able to look at yourself in the mirror for an, expen uh, for an extended period of time without having to hide you know I remember because you know I was extremely overweight for quite some time I was close to 300 pounds and uh, I would hide from the mirror because I don't want to see myself you just said it's on record so how much do you think you weigh right now uh, 235 pounds 235 yeah. yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna cut I know you are, so I wanted to be on the record <laughs> yeah I'm gonna cut um, but you know when I you know when I discovered that and I and I heard I heard it explained that way to me. When it was explained that way to me, it, it, it made so much sense. Yeah. And at first, you're right, you know, wife doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And, but interestingly enough, the way my, my weight loss journey started is because Leslie literally went to the gym and, uh, and bought two gym memberships. So when I got home from work, one was laying in the counter. And, uh, she didn't say anything, you know. Mind you, at this time in our marriage, we were in a very bad spot, you know, after already having uh, two children. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I got the message really quick. She never told me you're fat. She never told me you have to lose weight. She never said, I'm falling out of love with you. But that is exactly what that little scan barcode meant yeah. when I saw it. Yeah, man, Coming it's, it's interesting, man, how, how working out has, has helped so many marriages, man. It, it, I don't even know if there's something that actually shows the data to it, um, but there's so many relationships that have been helped because we're putting the endorphins to work, you know. We're out there freaking um, working the brain, we're working the body, we're feeling healthier, we're feeling more productive. And, and that, um, that, you know, plays a part in your marriage, man. Um, 
So it's really interesting that, that that's how she did it, you know. Um, many many people would, or many men, you know, they, they wouldn't care. No, man. They would just say, you know what, the hell with it. Yeah, especially, I, not, at least not Hispanic, you know, Hispanic men would take that insulting, man. You yeah. know what? Yeah, because what are, honestly, what are we taught? Um, go work, provide for the family, yeah. make sure that we have food on the table, make sure the bills are paid, uh, be the provider. You know, yes. which is something that we say, you know, when we get married, uh, part of your vows, I will provide. Mm -hmm. And we are led to believe that that That's is all enough. that matters. That is enough. That's enough, no. right? And then, and then you wonder why you're in bed and you're sleeping like total strangers, right? Yeah. One's on the other side of the bed and the other one's on the other side of the bed. And... Uh, you don't even talk to each other, you know? I mean, it's just, it, it turns into a very horrible uh, relationship. I couldn't agree more, man. But it, it starts to happen because of the concept that I always talk about, death by a thousand paper cuts, right? Yeah. Shit starts to happen, shit starts to happen, shit starts to happen, but the cuts are so, so small that you don't even realize it's happening. And before, you're no, before you know it, you're bleeding out. Yeah. You're bleeding out after a year of doing the same shit over and over again and when it when you finally realize that something's wrong you don't even know what's wrong you just you just say something's wrong and i don't know what it is is when you turn around and you say okay what's going on and sometimes for some people it might be or, or we're also led to believe that it's a little too late you know what i don't think we can fall in love again and therefore we should Separate. Yeah, and um, you know it's it's really interesting. You said that it's after like you know after you you had two kids, and uh, and all this started to fall apart. And it's it's interesting because, um, if if that, you know if that, marriage, isn't, um, strong, at the beginning, you know some people, fight, all the time, and their boyfriend and girlfriend. Let me tell you, man, that that relationship does not get easier, you know, as time goes on. Mm -hmm. When you get married, that woman is not going to change to something better. That man is not going to change to the man you want him to be. Um, and when the children come, it's not going to get easier. You know, if, if you've got a man that's, that's, that's cheating on you, or you have a wife that's cheating on you don't don't let your thought process be oh well once I have children he's gonna change or once we have children she's gonna change it's not gonna happen don't think that's gonna happen because you're gonna be very disappointed when the the, 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 the relationship is even worse off than it's than it was because there's so many new stresses you know it was we had to pack for like two people and a dog, you know, when we would travel before, go on a little weekend trip. And, and you're packing your own stuff and she's packing her own stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. You're packing for her and, you know, like you each, each other, you, you can pack for yourself. Yeah, and this guy, you know, you pack freaking one pair of pants for like seven days, you know. And, and, and so, and so <laughs> you go from that to now you've got, you got two dogs and you've got three kids and you've got, you know, so much more luggage, so much more that goes into the into the truck if you're going camping in the truck or whatever. Like it, it doesn't get easier, guys. Like it doesn't get easier. So so make sure that 
that you that you know you guys are starting off on the right foot, man. If you're having problems, then that's not the one for you. And something that I always say, man, is that you know everybody out there, man, has the opportunity to get married. Everyone out there has somebody that's interested in that person. Don't force it. Don't be in a hurry to get there. Wait. I promise there's somebody out there. And you know what, man? And this is, and I'll say this. I might think somebody is unattractive, but give it a few years and there that person is with somebody else. Just because that person's not attractive to me, doesn't mean that somebody else isn't attracted to you. So um, find that person that values you, loves you for who you are. And if you're going to change, let that be because you want to change, not because somebody else is changing you, adhering you to their likings, molding you to their to the person they want you to be. Be that person, number one, because you want, it to, want to be that person. And then um, worry about who you want to meet. If you're not comfortable with being freaking uh, overweight, you know, whatever whatever you consider to be overweight, if that's what you want to work on, then work on it, you know. If, if, if you want to, don't go find somebody and say, okay, you know what, he's, he's, he's a, you know, he's a 48 freaking waist size and I know that he's going to look amazing if he was a 22, you know. It's like, wait, how, you're going to change him to, to get to that point? No. Like, Work on yourself, find yourself somebody that that loves you, cares about you, and if they want to work on themselves, then they're great. But um, find yourself the person that that you know you don't try to mold that person into the person you want them to be. Just let them be who they are. If you love them for who they are and the way they look is fine, and someday they freaking become even hotter by by becoming more fit, if that's something that you're interested in, then great, you know, that's a plus. But be comfortable from the get-go with who the person is before you go get married, man. Yeah, and I think that uh, that that's, I, I think that's just because we were never taught to become instead of trying to find, right? Um, let's say, I don't know, what would be the, the, whatever the ideal partner is, and I'm, I'm doing this with my children now, you know, but whatever the ideal partner is um, for your daughter or for your son, um, you shouldn't try to teach them what to look for um, in that person. The way I approach it is, who would that person look for? Let's say, you know, I'm just going to use a... a um, I'm just going to use, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, a profession, you know, let's say, you know, uh, I would love for my daughter to marry a lawyer, mm-hmm. okay, well, usually, what's a lawyer looking for, you know, what's that man that's developed himself into that individual looking for, well, then that's what I have to teach my daughter, you know, I have to, I have to teach her to be a respectable woman, I have to teach her to be, um, very, uh, very, she needs to have, uh, discipline, you know, she needs to, uh, develop her intellectual skills, she needs to learn how to learn, um, like, 
what whatever that person is looking for, then then that is who I I believe you should become. And before, you know, when when we were dating, I remember back in my days when we were dating, if she looked okay, um, I probably I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have much interest in really talking to her that or or that individual and, and really getting to know her uh, because I was never taught about that. You know, I was never taught to to ask questions and to dig deeper than just the physical attraction, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that's very important. Um, but what I want to do is uh, because of the topic we're in and we're talking about, realistically, if you ask me, these are generational traits. You know, we're, we, we've taught and we've seen marriages being been carried this way mainly by our by our family members you know our tios yeah. our parents yeah, the you know examples that we saw yeah so they're generational they're generational traits they're they're traits that we've learned by seeing our family members um conduct their marriages you know so uh i i read this book uh, a while back the author is tim grover and uh, he has an interesting thought that i want to share with the listeners and then we'll talk about it we'll discuss yeah but it goes like this it says um if you think the price of winning is too high wait till you get the bill from regret and that bill from regret is generational and there's a lot of people listening to this that the bill has been passed on from generation to generation and you're holding that bill right now and somebody in some one of your generations has to pay that bill off in order for the generation to move on and the only way that bill gets paid off is you got to be willing to make the hardest decisions I think that's what holds a lot of people back is not having the courage to make the hard decisions and to raise your hand in your family tree and say I will be the one. Yeah, it stops here. The buck stops here. Yes. And when I realized that if if I didn't fix all of my deficiencies, which I still have a lot, then anything that I didn't fix would be passed on to my children. And he couldn't have said it better. But that paragraph right there was so special to me because I think that was one of the many that really helped me transition and put me on the right path because it just painted a very clear picture for me. And I really understood, man, Alex, If you don't fix your deficiencies, man, your children will pay. And their children's children will pay. So, I know that as time continues, the the thing that we possess, which is limited, and that's time, starts to get more valuable and we trade it for 
commodity that's unlimited, which is money. And again, generational, we're so focused on providing that we never set time aside to start fixing all the deficiencies that we have. And that includes making sometimes very tough decisions, like cutting people off, mm-hmm. like uh, beating addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, there's a saying in Spanish, right? Um, tell me who you hang around with and I'll tell you who you are. Um, and a lot of times that, that's one of the tough decisions, you know? Um, if, you don't, if you don't hang out with like-minded people, um, if you've got a goal, if you've got a direction that you want to go, that isn't the same as everyone else's, man. You're hanging around with the wrong crowd. They're either going to lift you up or hold you down. And if you're fine with where you're at, then so be it, man. But if you've got a, an aspiration that you want to reach um, and you're not hanging out with those people, then you're never going to get there, man. Or you might, but it's going to be a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a, it, it might be a long time till you get there, you know? Because you can't, you can't bring everybody up. You can't change everyone's way of thinking. You can't. You can't. It's impossible. You can take care of number one. Number one is you. And until you start realizing it, man, um, you know, change doesn't happen. Yeah, and I think when I realized um, that I just couldn't die yet, it really, it really like, it injected the sense of urgency. You know, like man, I need to go and I need to go fast because I'm getting, you know, think about it. The average human gets 76 years. I'm 32. You know, if, if it all plays right and I continue to stay blessed, then I've got 38 years to fix all my bullshit yeah. so that I don't pass that on to my children. Yeah. So it's about you know, Andy Elliott says the best, time compression, you know, turning decades into days. And the way you do that is by shortening the time from thought to action. Because a lot of us always stay stuck in the thought. Man, one day I'll do this. Maybe one day I'll do that. Maybe tomorrow I'll start exercising. Maybe tomorrow. It, you know what? I'm going to binge drink for the weekend. I'm just going to drink as much as I can for the weekend. And Monday... I'll start. I'll start reading the book. I'll start exercising. I'll start eating right. I'll start taking care of my marriage. But but let me just drink for one more weekend. Yeah. Let, let, let me just have that one more box of pizza. And then I'll start on Monday. Yeah. Now, some people, they, they start and then they fall short and then they get discouraged. Trust me. You know how many trying, how many times I've tried sticking to a diet, <laughs> and I and I just say, oh well, I'll start again. Yeah. You know, no, nope. who's counting? Yeah, who's keeping track? It's because you're not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. <laughs> I'm not a quitter. <laughs> I'm not a quitter. But uh, but yeah, I, I figured out that that that's what you know allows you to to compress time. You know, is by is by shortening the time between thought and and taking action, action yeah. and uh, that's been a game changer for sure. Yeah, we say we say in, in Spanish, you know, have the a ver cuando vamos, 
hey, see when we go. Yeah, see when we go. But if you don't put it in action, it's not going to happen. And, and you have a lot. I, I consider myself to have been there for a little bit because I was consuming a lot of content. I was reading the books or listening to the audio books and I had all this information and it took me a full year to finally press record. Yeah. But yeah, man, you know, when I, when I understood that concept, it just, like I said, it changed, it changed me around. Um, and, and I want to share one more and then we'll bring it home. Yeah. Um, so this is from another book. It's called the inner work. And, uh, for some reason, man, this one was just, very interesting because it really it really explains how humans tend to find themselves in like a hamster wheel how, how you enter mm-hmm. and you feel like you're just spinning around in circles mm-hmm. right so this is from a book it's called the inner work and it goes like this if we place our happiness on desire happiness will always be one more thing away one more accomplishment one more dollar one more milestone, and one more sexual conquest. One more something. This is the source of all its suffering. Craving of addiction is coming from a deeper place of feeling incomplete, unloved, inadequate. Thus, the porn addict is seeking to be desirable, wanted. The gambler seeks to be lucky and favored. The alcoholic seeks to be carefree and beyond worries. All of these qualities are actually of the true self. But the word of inadequacy projects these qualities as coming from the external objects, thus becoming inadaptable to it. So basically, we're always seeking for the next thing. And we never, we never find joy. We never find ourselves to be fulfilled. And lo and behold, before you know it, you're on that hamster wheel where it's just spinning and spinning and spinning. And you're just wondering why you never reach happiness. What are your thoughts on that? Man, that's so deep. That whole thing is so deep. Imagine if we had, you know, someone who was, if we had one of each of these people, you know, um, if we had that, that porn addict that's able to see that that poor, that person that, you know, within themselves and saying, you know what, I am always seeking to be desired. I am always seeking to be wanted. Uh, the gambler seeks to be lucky. Man, I'm always after luck. And like, this is a problem, you know? I'm never gonna be fulfilled. Um, How is a porn addict ever gonna be fulfilled in a marriage Um, when when things are are, um, only based on on sexual, you know? Eventually, we we grow old, and uh, when sex isn't the thing, then what's gonna happen, you know? So, that relationship has to be at a deeper level because if that's only as deep as it is then it's going to struggle you know Um, if um, if you're an alcoholic you know and you you, you seek to be carefree 
and you're like, man, like, I always drown my sorrows, you know? That's what I do is I drink. But when are you ever going to deal with those sorrows? When are you going to actually fix them, heal them, you know? Um, I always use this with my kids, you know? You're, you're, you're pe picking at the wound, you know? You've got a Band-Aid on it, and that's the alcohol, and then you pull that off because that's life. And then you want to drown it by putting the freaking Band-Aid. Like, when are you ever going to actually let it heal? Um, and uh, so it's, it's really interesting, man. If we could only have, like, if... if if, if we had one of each of those people, man, I know that it would it would make them, you know, just put some thought in their minds, man, and, and hopefully help them out. And uh, I think that's, you know, what what um, we what we desire is for every one of these conversations to strike someone, you know, and help someone out in some way, sort or form. I think there's something about both of us, man, mm -hmm. that we're, we're both very caring and we care about everyone else, man. And fortunately, we're in a place in our lives um, where we can do that, you know? Um, and if we can help others get to that point, then great. And then, and then hopefully it's a cycle, right? Everyone can help other people, but they need to be in that right space. And um, I might, that doesn't mean that I, I'm going to stay in this place. And so, you know, picture two of us um, and we all need that support system picture two of us you know in a, in a large ocean and um, and I can only tread water for so long but whenever I'm tired you know you can be strong enough to keep me afloat and and vice versa so we all need that support system man. and if we can help those guys including myself uh, be there and stay there um, I know that it's going to be a ripple effect man it's going to it's gonna um, start to to Im improve people's lives and people's marriages, and their children, and it's just it's what we were just talking about earlier. You know, you gotta be the example, and now your children have that as an example, and so forth and so on. So, I think this has been an amazing, amazing talk, um, and and this is just our first. And, yeah. And there's so many more to come. And I wanted to be on the record, okay? Um, these conversations that we're having, especially this last piece. Um, I think a lot of the times, or I think, I don't think, I know for a fact that the reason I run into a lot of this information is because um, I used to be that guy. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to send a misconception yeah. that I'm uh, being judgmental yeah. or that uh, I'm just calling people out. Yeah. I think the information found me and uh, it's my duty to help as much as I can. Um, by by sharing my experiences and uh, this I used to be that person I used to be an alcoholic and that's the reason why it resonated with you that's why it meant something to you and that's why it'll mean something to others that are in that boat right now yeah yeah so I wanted to leave that on the record um, you know uh, I, I found it very helpful for myself because that's that's the man I used to be so with that being said um, it's been a great conversation um, it's tough, you know. I thought I thought it was gonna be uh, very complicated to sit here and talk for an hour or however long we've been going, but I just want to go for more. You know, it's yeah. You know, it's just like when you get into the flow of things. It's like, man, we can sit here and talk forever. But uh, I wish we could do that. We can't. Yeah. But um, 
but we will definitely be doing this, um, you know, very often, very often and sharing this information. And it also puts some more pressure on me. It does on me too. I was just thinking that as you said it, I was thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to start reading as well like you do so that I can have a, a better understanding yeah. and hopefully, you know, help more, more people out there. Yeah. That's the only way you can help, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're growing, you're helping. Yeah. If you're not growing, you're hurting. So, man, you know, I think it's, it's a man's duty to serve at that level. I agree. So with that being said, thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll see you guys on the next one. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. To like, like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe, baby. Um, so until the next one, catch you guys later. Yeah. Peace.